Children are instinctively adored and desired. Their existence ensures eugenic reproductive cycle and its continuity. In certain cultures children are enormously important for they represent status, continuity of hierarchy and fertility of the couple. People in such cultures may go to any extreme to produce children. This kind of compulsive obsession is in contravention of normal behavior as well as religious ethicality. Having offsprings is a basal function of all living beings but for human being, due to his status as crown of the creation and subjective to retributive judgment it becomes extremely consequential. It is like carrying a bare double-edged sword, for they could turn out to be useful or hurtful. Well-educated, well-mannered, well-placed are nothing but an asset and mercy for the parents, whereas socially unacceptable, unproductive, illiterate a source of shame and chastisement. Parents' role is crucially deterministic for either of these situations. It is therefore, of utmost importance that they are socially and culturally acceptable in temporal world and amenable to the hereafter. In normal circumstances children's expediently beneficial status, in the overall scheme of the world, may remain intact but their necessarily beneficial status would be marginalized if their excessive desire slash love becomes a cause of distraction from or neglect of obligatory religious duties. It is said in Quran in Surah Anfal 8, v28 and Surah Tagabun, Mutual Dissolution, 64, v15, beware. Your wealth and your children are but a distraction slash trial then in Surah Al-Kaf 18, v46 it is elucidated, wealth and children are adornments of the life of this world then it is further explained in Surah Ali Imran 3, v185, the comfort slash wealth of this world is nothing but illusion and then accentuated in Surah Tauba 9, v38, wealth of this world is but, of, little, value, in the hereafter the underlying message therefore, is that though children are love of life but having them entail responsibilities and if not fulfilled would render them of little value. Then again, to strike a balance between love and responsibility, in Surah Munafikun, Hypocrites, 64, v9 an emphatic warning is given O believers let not your passions and your children distract slash divert you from God's remembrance, passions for worldly allurements and children. Necessarily beneficial. Two surahs quoted here under emphatically explain the notion of necessarily beneficial. Surah Luqman 31, v33 says and fear a day when no father will suffice his son and no son will suffice his father in the least and in Surah Tor 52, v21 it is said and those who believe and their seeds follow them in faith, we cause their seeds to join them in paradise, we deprive them not of their life's work. On judgment day various modes of intercession would be operative. One of which is between parents and children. Surah Luqman 31, V33 refers to the situation where either the father or his progeny is not a believer. This mode of intercession, in such a case, would become inoperable and in the acquisition of necessarily beneficial lost. The requirement for this privilege is the continuity of faith and bloodline. Necessarily beneficial status could best be described as, 1. It gives one the access to paradise despite lacking in his slash her record of good deeds, 2. It ensures the continuation of faith down the generational line, 3. Allah does not want to deprive believers of their life's work. A subtle point deserving our attention, which could very well be appreciated by the people of understanding, is that Allah chose the word Wilad for the first part of the verse and Malu'ud for the second part. Most probable reason is that son is a common noun and represents any son, whereas Malu'ud specifies the one born out of the lion of a father in question. Cascading or opposite benefit of intercession would continue being available, as long as the bloodline and faith continuity is maintained. A son may be entitled to temporal expediently beneficial status regardless of the requisites whereas necessarily beneficial status would only be available when above-mentioned particular mode of intercession is operative meeting the requisites. 
It may be further clarified that the first beneficence is of universal-slash-secular nature whereas the second one is of specific-slash-religious nature. Another even more subtle hint given, through this order of selection, most probably, is that colon fathers, parents, love for his progeny, evidently, is more intense than that of the progenies for the parents. Therefore the possibility of bringing the benefit by a father to his son is proportionately more, than the son who is born out of his lion. Parents instinctively passionate love, a blessing for the progeny but cause of warning for them. Note, curious minds might wonder, why mother has been absent in this whole discourse? There are several probabilities one mother, essentially being part and parcel of the family unit, is inevitably represented when Quran talks about father as a family head. Two traditional family lineages represented by the father figurehead. Three intensity of mother's love sure surpasses that of father and progeny but hierarchical position preceded by the father is preserved without supersession for family head and bloodline reasons. Four, similarly elation of mother's status of having paradise under her feet is not allowed to be infringed by father's family head position. God knows best. If there is any inadvertent shortcoming or misrepresentation, it is squarely mine, the author of this piece, earnestly seeking Allah's guidance and forgiveness.